This is JDSA's Law Talk, the program that gives you straight facts on our laws and answers questions about the topics that may affect your everyday personal and professional life. Welcome to JDSA's Law Talk. I'm your host, Clint Strand. Now, this is the program that clearly explains complicated legal issues and how the law applies to your everyday personal and professional life. Joining me for this episode, JDSA attorney Jordan Miller. Jordan, good to talk to you again. Great to talk to you, Clint. All right, so let's talk about the big one, divorce. And not only that, but divorce and how it deals with property. Who gets what? And how exactly all this gets determined. Let's to start with the basics. In legal terms, we know about assets, we know about liabilities, but what does the court know about them? Well, if, if you're looking at your assets, those are things that have value. They can be stocks, bonds, gold coins, your baseball card collection, your home, your car. It's anything that, that is tangible, that the parties have an interest in, um, that offers some economic value. Liabilities, that's your debt, that's your mortgage, that's your credit card, uh, that's your student loans. And it's probably pretty safe to say that other than children, this is the one area where divorces can get the most contentious, right? Absolutely. We're going to delve into this and make sense out of this. We're talking about who gets what and how that is determined. That's next on JDSA's Law Talk. You're listening to JDSA's Law Talk, brought to you by JDSA Law, one of the largest full-service law firms in North Central Washington. You too can join the conversation. Email us with your questions or topics you'd like us to discuss on a future episode. Email us at lawtalk at jdsalaw.com. I'm Clint Strand. He's Jordan Miller, and we're talking about divorce. Who gets what and how exactly all that is determined. Previously, we talked about assets and liabilities. So now, Jordan, in simple terms, what exactly is the process for divvying all of that up? Well, the legislature's laid that out for us. The first step is identify it. In Washington, you have separate or community property. Identifying and characterizing that accurately is, is one step. The next step is to determine what it's worth. Um, because without understanding what it's worth, we can't understand how to equitably divide that. And that's the last step in the process is determining what's fair based on the facts and circumstances of each case. Now, are we dealing specifically with dollars and cents here? Because there's one thing that can't accurately be measured, and that's sentiment family heirlooms, those types of things. How do you deal with that? Generally speaking, that they don't play a role. It may impact how important a person feels about a specific item of property, and they may strategically approach acquiring or securing that in some manner. But fundamentally, the court's going to look at valuations, uh, Craigslist value for personal property, and that's probably the mementos and other, other items that you're talking about, and it doesn't matter uh, in the law. Jordan, we talked about the what. Now let's get into the who. And by the who, I mean community property and separate property. Two different pots here. Make some sense out of it for us. The, the easiest way to understand it is that up and until the day you're married, everything that both spouses acquire uh, is their separate property. That's how we start about characterization. It's the timing of the acquisition that defines the initial character. From the day you're married until the day you separate, everything else that's acquired is community property. There are some important exceptions to that, but that's the easiest way to break it down. 
And obviously, it stands to reason that the longer you're married, the bigger that community property pot gets. Absolutely, Clint. Uh, The longer you're married, not only does the community property pot get bigger, uh, the less, in my experience, that courts around the state are really going to care necessarily about the characterization because a judge sitting in a marital dissolution case has absolute authority to divide not only the community property, but the separate property as well. You too, remember, can join the conversation. Email us with your questions, lawtalk at jdsalaw.com. You can find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter as well, at JDSA Law. We'll continue JDSA's Law Talk next. This is JDSA's Law Talk. Hear more programs and read in-depth articles on the law at jdsalaw.com. Healthcare law, it's evolving and complex. At JDSA Law, we provide essential legal support to address legal health care issues. This is how we make your life better. Committed to you since 1946. JDSA Law. This is JDSA's Law Talk. Connect with us on Facebook and on Twitter at JDSA Law. Expand your knowledge. Sign up for upcoming legal seminars on JDSALaw.com forward slash seminars. We're expanding our knowledge right now with Jordan Miller in JDSA's Law Talk. Jordan, we're talking about divorce. Who gets what and how exactly that is determined. Let's talk about valuation of assets. A lot of different ways I'm sure to go about it, but you tell me, what's the process when it comes to this? First and foremost, it's important to understand that people can agree. Believe it or not, in a divorce, you can say, Uh, We agree our house is worth this. We agree that car is worth that. And that's obviously the most efficient way to go about it. Unfortunately, in a divorce context, persons aren't necessarily in an agreeable mood. And then you have to go about exploring other options, hiring professionals to value real estate, whether you pay for an appraisal, uh, whether you go to Kelly Blue Book and research your car, or whether, in fact, an asset simply needs to be sold to establish what a purchaser is willing to pay for it. So really, in some cases, the only way to really figure out the value of that is in essence, to lose it. Get your money and split it up in half. Hopefully, if the uh, the cost of the transaction isn't too prohibitive, then you know, you're know you not losing it. Uh, you're retaining the value uh, to be divided uh, after the fact. But unfortunately, if you require a judge to make a decision about value and how to divide it, uh, you're going to eat into what's there. I'm sure you have an expert. I'm sure the other person's spouse's attorney has an expert. Dueling experts, let's say the numbers come in differently. How does the court deal with that? Uh, dueling experts, uh, it does happen. Fake, thankfully, we establish good relationships with important persons who understand how to properly value them, who are credible with respect to pre- uh, presenting that in a, in a local courtroom. And that's what an experienced attorney and appropriate professionals can provide to you is the most persuasive information to help a judge see it your way. So I just thought of something. You tell me whether this is accurate or not, especially if you have substantial assets in your marriage, it might be beneficial to hire a qualified family law attorney, even if your marriage is on solid ground, simply for valuation purposes, because that can have value beyond any possible disillusion of your marriage. Being prepared, having thought things out in advance, consulted with an attorney who can explain what's important to consider, uh, who to connect with to find that information out. I always think it's important to arm yourself with as much information as possible. All right. So now we have the assets. Now we know how much they are in the eyes of the court, how much they're worth. Let's divide them up. How exactly does the court decide who gets what? The hallmark is just inequitable. Washington's approach to dividing assets and liabilities is is to try and be fair. Uh, I went to law school in California. They say 
equal. We say equitable, and that distinction couldn't be more important because it creates the opportunity for a judge to make a decision based on all of the circumstances, duration of the marriage, health of the parties, who makes more money, whether you've had an opportunity to develop a professional career or whether you've committed uh, your resources to raising a family. All of these factors play into ultimately what is an equitable result. So to be clear, equitable does not mean even Stephen equal. It can, but that's not what it means. Okay. Let's talk about some other common questions that folks may have. We've talked about marriages where there are substantial assets. We've talked about where there's a substantial amount of time. What if the marriage is pretty short? Someone finds out within a year that their spouse was hiding a significant amount of debt and they didn't know about it. And my gosh, you're not the person that I thought you were and I'm out. What about that? There are no hard and fast rules. Again, equitable gives the judge a lot of discretion. But functionally, the shorter the marriage, uh, the more likely the court is trying to look at where you were when you came into this relationship. And let's try and put you back essentially as close as we can to that that place in time. And also conduct, while we're a no-fault state, a judge can factor in whether someone ran up credit card debts for purposes that really aren't related to the marriage. And again, equity drives it. And if they feel like it's fair to make a disproportionate distribution of those things uh, to one spouse or the other, Uh, they can. There are bank accounts other than savings and checking. What about things like trusts? How are those divided? Uh, The terms of the individual trust is going to establish for the court whether or not there's really an asset that is is before the judge to be distributed. But uh, to the extent that a person has a vested expectation of receiving uh, certain dollars in the future, that's something that the judge may feel very important. What about retirement benefits? always available for distribution. Again, depending on the duration of the marriage, uh, the court's going to consider uh, whether it's equitable or not. But if, say, we're looking at that hypothetical long-term marriage, uh, one of the things the judge is going to consider in dividing retirement is, am I going to put these people when they're in the retirement drawing on these resources in a position where, where they're going to be you know, fairly, uh, fairly situated so that both of them uh, have roughly the same type of resources to see them through the retired years. Any other common questions you hear that maybe I haven't touched on? One of the questions that comes in is, uh, if I give property or they get property, does that preclude them from having access to child support or to spousal support? And the answer is, these are distinct things. Uh, A court divides assets and liabilities. It will consider those types of things when it's making decisions on other relevant uh, portions of your marriage. But uh, again, the most important thing is to consult with someone who can help you identify all of the relevant pieces, put them together, and give you a pathway to success uh, in a difficult process. And this is why it is so important to contact a legal professional who knows their way around these sorts of agreements and these sorts of conversations. That's why I love having the opportunity to speak to persons about this, share some of that knowledge and encourage them to become informed so that they make good decisions. We'll wrap things up with Jordan Miller coming your way next right here on JDSA's Law Talk. This is JDSA's Law Talk. Visit us now at JDSALaw.com. Class actions. They are an important avenue of relief for people or groups who have been harmed. At JDSA Law, we aim to achieve fair victories for our clients. This is how we make your life better. Committed to you since 1946. JDSA Law. This is JDSA's Law Talk. Join the conversation. Send us your comments and questions to lawtalk at jdsalaw.com. 
Stay up to date with legal matters that may affect you by reading our news and articles on JDSALaw.com. I'm Clint Strand. This is JDSA's Law Talk. He is Jordan Miller. We've talked a lot about divorce, who gets what and how. So let's bring it all back home. Jordan, what would you like to add? What have we missed as we get ready to wrap up our conversation? I feel like we've covered the topics adequately, Clint, but it's important just to emphasize the importance of getting it right the first time. Once a divorce is final, once these determinations have been made, whether by agreement or whether by a decision handed down by the court, it's effectively over. The court can, under extremely limited circumstances, go back and change the facts. But ultimately, if you don't get it right the first time, you could have long-lasting impacts on your entire life following the divorce process. So it's important to get it right and get it right the first time. Absolutely. You need to understand what your rights are, what it means to be equitable, and follow through on that and make sure that you uh, get all of the benefits that the law provides you. Jordan, always a pleasure when we get to chat. Thank you, Clint. Same here. You've been listening to JDSA's Law Talk. Visit us at jdsalaw.com to hear more programs that explain how the law applies to your everyday personal and professional life. And most importantly, how the team of attorneys at JDSA Law can help you. I'm your host, Clint Strand. Thanks again for joining us on JDSA's Law Talk. JDSA's Law Talk. Thanks for joining us. And please join us again next week. You can also join the conversation by sending us your comments and questions to lawtalk at jdsalaw.com. We'd love to include your questions in a future program. Topics covered in this program are for informational purposes only and are not intended to be professional advice. Always seek the advice of a relevant professional with any questions about any legal decision you seek to make. Thanks again for joining us on JDSA's Law Talk.